Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Turn back in your Bibles to the book of Habakkuk and... I, uh, if you're not too familiar with where Habakkuk is, it's at the end of the Old Testament. So turn to Matthew and go back a few uh, books and you'll find the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk is a prophet of God that uh, lived during the same time as uh, Micah and Nahum, uh, the other prophets, and Zephaniah that are all listed here. They're known as minor prophets, uh, not because they're not as important, but just simply because their work is not as extensive in the Scripture. And In fact, Habakkuk is only about three chapters long, so you could easily read through it a couple of times in the afternoon. Uh, it wouldn't take you very long. We looked at last week uh, at the first chapter of Habakkuk and how sometimes we are in the place in which we simply say to God, Why, God, why are you allowing this to happen? And that leads us to the next aspect of sometimes we, uh, <clears throat> when we find ourselves in those odd, unusual circumstances like we studied in in uh, Sunday school this morning about different circumstances and knowing God's will in those circumstances. Sometimes after we say, why God, why are you allowing these things to happen? Why is it that these things are happening to me? We tend to turn uh, to the next step, which is bargaining with God. Well, God, if you'll just simply get me out of this. Have you ever, you, you've probably done this. In fact, uh, I can say with certainty uh, that you have, have said this at one point in your life. God, if you will help me on this test, I'll never skip studying again. Or if you, God, if you'll uh, help me through this uh, situation with this traffic stop, uh, you know, maybe the little oh, blue light special is going on behind you and you say, God, if you'll just help me get out of this, I promise I'll never do that again. God, if you'll do this and I'll do that. And, and a lot of times we bargain with God because of the things that we find ourselves in. And this goes all the way back to Adam in the garden. In fact, that reminds me of a story of Adam in the garden. God and Adam are walking through the garden one day and God says to Adam, God, uh, God says, I'm going to make you a, a helper. And because Adam had been lonely, he'd been desperately wanting someone like him in the garden with him. He, he had all these animals around him, but he didn't have anybody like him. And so God said to Adam, I'm going to make somebody to help you out. I'm going to make you somebody a lot like you, but it's going to be a woman. And she's going to cook for you and she's going to uh, and uh, she's going to take care of things and keep things kind of neat and nice and all that. And she's and when you when you uh, when you discover clothes, she's going to make sure that you have clothes and have them nice, keep them clean and all that kind of stuff and put them together. She's going to uh, take care of you and do all these nice things for you and. He said, uh, Adam said, well, God, well, what's that going to cost me? And he says, well, it's going to cost, God says, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. 
And Adam said to God, Well, God, what can I get for a rib? <laughs> That's a bad joke, okay? I'm sorry. But uh, anyway... God, uh, we bargain, and a lot of times when we bargain with God, it leads us into doing the same thing that we're talking about today, and that is we bargain with God and then we debate God because we might not get exactly what we wanted, just like Adam might not have exactly gotten what he wanted in that joke, okay? It's not... Not in real life, but when we don't get what we expect from God, or maybe sometimes we don't get it the way we think we should. I told you that we're uh, impatient with our uh, with the things that we pray about and the things that we want. A lot of times when we pray, we pray and we think, okay, God, I'm going to pray that you heal this or you do that. You take away this or you solve this for me. And we expect God to answer our prayer before we even say amen. And granted, God sometimes does that. But sometimes God doesn't answer our prayer quite in the way that we think or the, quite in the timing that we think. We, uh, Again, like I said, we're those kind of people that are of the microwave mentality of we're sitting there drumming our fingers waiting uh, by the microwave and, and to heat up our food in 30 seconds and we can't wait for that 30 seconds to be over. We treat God the same way. We pray to God and we, we ask God to take care of our circumstance and we sit there and we're drumming our fingers thinking, well, if God really was going to do this, He'd already done it by now. We determine for God what He should, not only what He should do, but how long it should take for Him to do it. And a lot of times we... Uh, God is going to deliver us or God is going to do something for us, but it's not quite in the same time frame that we think He should work. And that's where all of this comes into. Now, we looked at Habakkuk and we saw that Habakkuk was living during a time in which he lived in the southern kingdom. Now, uh, it's also referred to as Judah, it, but it was known as the Southern Kingdom. Already there was some kind, uh, some divide between the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom, but this is not quite at that time where uh, Israel went through kind of like a civil war after Solomon uh, was king and then his sons uh, took his place on the throne. They kind of divided up the kingdom and there was a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom of Israel and Judah. Now this is a little bit before that. And it's not quite uh, during that time, but still uh, Habakkuk lived in the southern kingdom. He, he lived during, uh, during a time in which he saw things that were going on. He saw a new, uh, and as I explained last week, the problems that were going on were things that were happening internally. When I told you about uh, last week was that whenever there's a, a difficulty in, a king, uh, in our lives, and whether it's in the kingdom of Israel or whether it's in uh, our lives in day-to-day life, when, we, when things happen, bad things happen, it can happen because of external strife. And a lot of times we want to focus on that. But a lot of times there's also 
the internal strife that can cause the difficulties and the struggles. And usually it's a combination of both. And that's what was going on in Israel at this time. There was uh, external issues with the Chaldeans. They were uh, being a, a thorn in the fl- uh, side of the flesh of, of Israel and they were having a real difficult time with the Chaldeans. But there was also internal strife with a lot of sin, a lot of things that were going on within the people of Israel. And Habakkuk was uh, sitting there uh, with God discussing these things and and all of this stuff. If you look with me at Habakkuk chapter 2, and uh, uh, we're going to back up about uh, two or three verses into the first chapter. And uh, it, it says here in verse 12, Art thou... Not from everlasting, O Lord my God, mine holy one, we shall not die, uh, we shall not die O Lord. Thou hast ordained them from ju- for judgment, and, O mighty God, Thou hast established them for correction. Thou art of purer eyes than, beho- uh, than to behold evil, and canst not look upon iniquity. Wherefore lookest Thou upon them that deal treacherously, and holdest Thy tongue when the wicked devour the man that is more righteous than he and makest men as the fishes of the sea and as the creeping things that have no ruler over them they take up all of them with uh, the angle they catch them with their net and gather them in their drag and therefore they rejoice and are glad therefore they sacrifice unto their net they burn incest unto their drag they uh, because of them uh, by them their portion is fat and their meat plenteous shall they therefore empty their net and not spare con- uh, continually to lay the nations <clears throat> what we see is habakkuk is talking about is that he's he's saying to god look you're you're bringing in these chaldeans that are doing all these weird things they're going out and and they're uh they're going about their daily life and Obviously, you're taking care of them, you're, and and it's the same way with the Israelites. You're taking care of of uh, the people of God, and you're you're providing for them, like the fishermen that go out. And he says, "Look, they're going out, and they're." Uh, he talks about the drag and the and the angle. That's the fish net, and the angle is the hook. And he says, "You're providing them." by allowing them to catch all these fish and and instead of thanking you for for what you've provided they're praising the the hook and the net now that's like uh, you going out and you want to go fishing in in the local uh honey hole that you've got uh, down by the pond somewhere and you you're uh, out there and you're just bringing them in left and right you're just as soon as you cast out you got a fish on that hook and you're bringing it in and you and you're putting it on the side and, and uh, that reminds me of a story of a guy uh, there's two guys that were out there fishing it's kind of cold and they were uh, doing some ice fishing and you had uh, those these two little boys there fishing by the hole same hole and they were in there fishing. One guy was in there, and he was just as soon as he dropped his uh, hook in the water, he was uh, he had a fish, and he was pulling it out, dropping his fish in the water, pulling it out, and, and dropping his hook in the water and pulling out a fish. And the other guy was just sitting there, and nothing was going on, nothing was happening. And so he looks to his friend and he says, "How is it that you're?" catching all these fish and I'm not catching anything. And the other boy looks at him and he says, 
And he says, what? And he says, he says, I can't understand a word you're saying. And he says, you have to keep your worms warm. (laughs) Now, think about that for a minute now. Think about that. Uh, But if you're out there, out there fishing along, no matter how you're catching them and you're bringing them in and you're bringing them in, at the end of the day, if you're sitting there praising the hook and saying, oh, you're just such a wonderful uh, lure. I'm so glad that I have you. I'm so glad that that you have done all of this to bring me all of this fish. And, and, And then you're just looking at your rod and reel and you're saying, oh, it's so wonderful that I've got you. You're just, now I don't know the first thing about rods and reels. I don't know which one's the better one or not, so I can't name out a particular rod and reel, but but uh, oh, it's just so wonderful that that you're my rod and reel. I just thank you so much for for uh, bringing me all this fish, and and then all of a sudden you start making sacrifices to your uh, lure and making a sacrifice to your rod and reel. That's ridiculous, right? Well, that's what Habakkuk is witnessing. He's seeing people do this. And he's saying, God, you're going to allow these people to come and bring judgment on us, the people of God? You're going to allow these people that are doing all of this unrighteous things of uh, worshiping the hook and the net and and worshiping uh, uh, the boat and all these things after being blessed by you, you're going to allow them to, to, uh, to judge us and bring judgment upon us and you're going to allow all of that. And so he's debating God. God is going to bring deliverance. God is going to bring the people of Israel back to Him. That's what Habakkuk has been praying for. But God is saying this is how it's going to happen and this is how the people that are going to do it. And so Habakkuk is debating with God. God, why are you allowing these people to be the ones? Why are you allowing all this time? Look at chapter 2. He says, I will stand upon my watch and I will set me upon the tower and I will watch to see what He will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am proved. And so he's saying, look, I'm going to wait and I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch for God to answer. And that's the first thing you need to understand when, when, when you are in a situation like this and you're, you've, you've, you've already asked God, why God? Why are, you, why are you allowing all these things to happen? Why is it that I'm going through this and you've gained some peace and some understanding because God has, has told you, look, you, know, you might be going through this, but I'm going to deliver you. And then you are sitting there waiting and you're saying to God, well, God, why aren't you doing anything yet? Why aren't you bringing about this peace uh, that you told me about? God, why aren't you going to help me through this circumstance? Habakkuk says, look, he says, first you need to watch. You need to watch. Habakkuk got on, he said, I'm like the watchman on the side of the wall. Now, a watchman is there to make sure that he... Uh, sees any potential threat that's coming, to watch for the invading enemy, to watch for those who would come, and, and knowing all along that they're going to come. They might not come today. They might not come tomorrow. They might come in a while. They might come when we're least expecting it. And that's what we need to understand. Like 
Habakkuk, we need to be willing to watch for God's deliverance. Watch for God's answer. Watch for the response that God has for us, anticipating, knowing that God is going to bring about His uh, response to us, knowing that God is going to bring about what He says. He says, you've said to me that you're going to bring uh, this and he says, I will watch to see what God will say to me and what I will answer when I am reproved. He knows. He knows God is going to reprove him. He knows that any time that we stand up to God and we debate God and we say, God, I don't understand this. I don't know why. You need to understand that He's going to let you know and understand why it is that He's waiting. You might not receive it in a bold neon sign in front of your face as big as a billboard. You might not receive it uh, immediately. <coughs> but God is going to give you His answer, what we have to do is be willing to watch and wait. Watch for God's answer, knowing that God's answer is coming. And look at verse 2, and he says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain unto the tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Second of all, you not only need to be there watching, you need to be waiting. You need to wait and wait patiently. God's answer is going to come. And it's going to and usually it's going to be an answer that that is not only for you, it's for others. It, it, it will teach and what we need to realize is, is whenever God teaches us something. Whenever God reveals something, we need to be willing to share it with others because it's not just a truth for us. It's truth for all mankind. It's truth that we can all grow from and experience maturity in Christ. And he says, he said to Habakkuk, not only do you need to watch for this, you need to wait and be patient and know that it's coming. And he, But he said to Habakkuk, write it down. Make sure that you make it plain so that everybody is going to see it. But you need to wait Wait and make sure that you get my answer. Wait and tarry because it's coming. Verse 4, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Yea, also, because he transgressed by wine, he will... Uh, now, he, he goes through and, and he gives some... Uh, uh, instruction. He says, uh, Yea, also because he transgresses by wine, he is a proud man, neither keepeth he at home, who enlarges desire as hell, and is as death, and cannot be satisfied, but garneth unto him all nations, and heapeth upon uh, him all people. Shall not all these take up a parable against him, and a taunting proverb against him, and say, Woe to him! That is uh, that increases that which is not his, and how long? And to him will uh, that ladeth himself with thick clay? Shall they not rise up suddenly, and that shall bite thee, and awake that shall vex thee, and thou shalt be for booties unto them? Because thou hast spoiled many nations, all the remnant of the people shall spoil thee because of men's blood and for the violence of the land and of the city and all that dwell in. So he begins to go to lay out all of these warnings. 
He says you need to watch, you need to wait, and you need to listen. And as he begins to, uh, to share the message uh, to Habakkuk that he needs to be aware of and to know, he begins to share these different woes. And first of all is the woe unto him uh, that is increasing because of other people. And he says, look, you need to be aware that, that all of this is going to come to an end. You're going to have to pay for the things that you're doing. You're going to have to uh, make an account of those things. And then he says, woe, in verse 9, woe to him that covetous, covets an evil covetousness to his house that he may uh, be delivered from the power of evil that he may set his nest on high and that he may be delivered from evil. Thou hast consulted shame and thy house has cutteth off many people and has sinned against thy soul. And so he says, uh, uh, these people need to be aware that they are, uh, when you covet other people's stuff, you need to be aware that you're going to have a reckoning. And he goes, he continues on and, and gives woe after woe after woe of things that that uh, he says, woe to him that builds a town uh, uh, with blood and woe to him uh, that giveth his neighbor drink that putteth it to him a bottle to him and makes him drunken. Uh, and he gives a woe to them that that uh, that uh, call people names and different things. And there's different uh, aspects of the, the specific things that Israel needed to be aware of. And each of those things are things that, that are uh, brought out in the, in the message of God. Woe, you need to listen. Be aware. Uh, and, and that's what woe is all about. It's about a warning to those that are doing these things. You're filled with shame. You're filled with uh, all of this reproach. All of these things are, ha- are, are going to happen. And it makes us aware of something. In spite of the fact that nothing is happening at this time and, and Habakkuk is complaining about the fact that God's not bringing judgment on these Chaldeans that are bringing about the judgment of God to the Israelites, even though all of this is happening, uh, God says, look, these are the things that are happening to these people for this reason. We need to be aware that, that God's judgment is coming. God's judgment for uh, the things that we do wrong, the things that, uh, that happen, God sees these things. God is aware of those things. That God is not uh, simply because uh, uh, He doesn't bring about these uh, uh, punishments and these things that, against the Chaldeans or, or others that are doing wrong just because they don't happen right away doesn't mean that God is not aware. God's always aware of what goes on. God is always uh, uh, knows about the the transgressions of man, knows about the sinfulness of man, and He also will bring about His righteousness. And I like to say righteousness more than judgment, even though it, it appears as judgment. And and uh, but what God is doing is is when God corrects, He's seeking to bring people to righteousness. 
And when you go through a period of time in your life where God is correcting you or God is, is bringing judgment in your life, you need to understand that God's not doing that because He delights in giving you a whooping. It's not because God delights in the fact that, that you're being punished. It's not because God is, is, is licking His chops and rubbing His hands together because He likes handing out punishment. No, what God is doing is, is he's, he, he seeks to bring you back to righteousness. And that's what God's desire is, is that we would learn from our mistake, learn that He is watching. Look, uh, you know, the Bible talks about how uh, man likes to, to do his evil in the dark and doesn't like to be seen, and uh, that God will shine His light upon the evil because uh, we can't get away from... Uh, doing evil and because God knows what's going on. God's aware of the things that, that we do. And in spite of the fact that we are doing evil things, God knows what we do. We can't hide from the, the face of God. We can't hide from, uh, from God the things that we do. And God is seeking to bring us to righteousness, to bring us back to a right way of living, of living according to His desire, according to His work. And we need to understand that in spite of the fact that these things might not happen right away, look, when, when, when you do something bad, when you walk down the road, don't expect a piano to fall on your head like they do in the cartoons or anything. Things like that don't necessarily happen immediately after you do something wrong. But God will seek to bring you back to a right relationship with Him. He will seek to, to push you in the right direction. Why? Because He loves you. Because He desires for you to understand His right way of living so that your life will be blessed, so that your life will be filled with His blessings. God's desire is not just simply to, to, to cut down a group of people because they're just bad. It's that they would understand and know His will, desire for their life, His purpose, and how to live a righteous life. Why? Because He wants them to live in the victorious life of living in His will and way. And that's what we need to understand. When we don't understand and we question God why, we tend to walk into debating God and, and trying to say, God, I don't understand why you're doing this, but we have to understand He sees it all. He knows it all. We need to watch for His uh, correction, reproof, and answer to the problems in our life. We need to wait, wait patiently. We need to listen. And so uh, those are words of wisdom for us to apply in our life when we're going through difficult times. When we're questioning God, we need to watch and know that He's coming with an answer. Wait, be patient, allow Him to speak to us and listen carefully for His uh, reproof, correction, guidance in our life so that we can live the righteous life. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we pray that You'll bless us as we seek to live for You. Lord, as we seek to find the right way of living for You and as we seek to, to glorify You, Father, Lord, we pray that You'd help us uh, to be willing to watch and wait and listen to You as You correct us, as You reprove us, as You seek to move us in the, right, in the way of righteousness. Lord, today there's someone here today that that is just doesn't feel like there's ever going to come a time of relief. There's ever going to come a time in which 
you'll answer. Lord, maybe that, that has been going through a lot of hardship and problems and has, has just given up. Lord, we pray that you'll help us each and every one to be willing to wait, to, to have patience and know that your right timing, your right time for all of these things is coming. Lord, help us to be ready when your answer does come. Lord, we thank you and praise you. And Lord, help us to, to, to wait upon you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.